These are... <coughs> Why do you always start with a freaking cough? I wanted to clear my voice before I said I was good to go, and I forgot to clear my voice before I said I was good to go. So here we are, and I'm coughing. So you're good to go? Been ready. It's tea time. Um, for the... Uh, I'm proud to say, I don't think we've done anything for this long, but 19 weeks. Uh, it's a Cinecloud podcast. Uh, uh, fuck. It all ends now. This, this plane's going down. <laughs> uh, yeah, 19 weeks. The Cinecloud podcast coming to you live again uh, on Wednesday, February 7th. Uh, we hope you're having a good week leading up to Valentine's Day. Did Are you, you having a good week? Me? Yeah. Baller. I was going to ask you the same thing. Are you having a good week? Yeah. So far, so good. So far, so good. Um it would be better if we had better movies, but we do have good movies. What do you we mean just better movies? Better, as in better movies to talk about today. <laughs> as if they're not good enough that to talk about. They have a lot of things that, to be said about. That, but when you're talking critically speaking, that's yeah, when no, it murky. No, we don't need to actually be, you know, objective yeah. in any sense of the no, way, right? The sense is, uh, I think objectivity kills the fun in it. It does, absolutely. Um we're going to talk about Argyle today. We're going to talk about the Mr. and Mrs. Smith franchise, uh, the series that just started. We're going to talk about some trailer news, some film news, and we're going to have a fan casting bit towards the end of the show. It'll be a lot of fun. Before we do any of that, uh, last week, after the publishing of our podcast, the news came out, Carl Weathers died. Yes. Passed away. And we're uh, not the ones that usually like push around those news, because truth be told, we're not a news outlet. So, but this guy... like You asked me... How my week is going? I said baller. It's been baller because I average about one Rocky movie a week. This week, I've been watching them, and I've rewatched like Rocky three like two times. One movie a day. No, one Rocky movie a day. Yeah, you said a week. I meant a day. Yeah, no, a day this week. Okay. In the past week, I've watched almost a Rocky movie every day. I watch it with my dad at night. I don't. <laughs> it just comes up because we have we go to we put on a Rocky movie and we start watching it. I think we've watched Rocky three twice. Yeah. Um. And it's cool because you see the news, Carl Carl Weathers passed away. You see all the tributes get poured out by all of his co-stars, Pedro Pascal, um, uh, Sylvester Stallone, various members of the Hollywood industry, co-stars, directors. Adam Sandler made a post for Chubbs at a Happy Gilmore. These characters that Carl Weathers fulfilled are iconic and Apollo are definitely the most iconic out of them all. And he inspired um, an entire generation. And even I know, more for sure. He, anybody like, who's part of the Rocky movie holds a special place to me anyway because you you inspire filmmakers to believe that it's possible because mm-hmm. without their contribution, their contributions to Sylvester Stallone's plan, that $860,000 budget, you never get Rocky. You, never, you don't get Sylvester Stallone. So you need those people. You need someone who believes in them and Carl Weathers believed. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what a career. What an individual. Sick. I remember I watched him in The Mandalorian just mm-hmm. a couple of seasons ago. So he's he's absolutely great and he brings so much energy to his performances. And I, like I said, I, I, I test only by watching Rocky this past week and I see how Apollo acts. It's, it's, it's great stuff. So Carl Weathers, uh, thank you very much. Uh, very you'll cool career. Yeah, of course you'll be missed. And uh yeah, man. Like uh, Rock, uh, Sylvester Stallone made a tribute. He said it best. He said, "Keep punching," mm-hmm. and that's all you gotta do. Keep punching. Uh, so yes, rest in peace to Mr. Carl Weathers. Um, 
But yeah, we gotta tackle this movie because this movie is just—it's—it's it's the movie of the week. There's no way around it. There's no two ways. It was hyped as fuck. Yep, for, I was hyped. I know you were. I know you were. Argyle, Matthew Vaughn's latest. Matthew Vaughn directed The Kingsman. Um, he's not a director known to be messed with. He's truthfully he's very able, good. He's able to put together like seemingly opposite ideas and scenarios into something that is both like working well as a movie and goes beyond the typical medium of his style which is like spy movies yeah because we're usually we're so used to see either like jason bourne trope the like timmy cruz and mission impossible or the james bond trope yeah. he came in with this satirical uh, approach to um espionage movie with uh, the Kingsman series and it did not come out come off as like Inspector Clouseau-esque of goofiness no it was just straight up really it, interesting it, it's a good time he's like it's a shame when you okay because <laughs> our guy was really special yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you know you look at a guy who's only has nine movies directed under his belt and one of them is a short film for Nike He's got eight movies under his belt, really. And the Kingsman franchise is three of them. He did X-Men First Class, which is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Kick-Ass, which is very fun. Uh, Stardust, which I will not lie, I have not seen. And Layer Cake with Daniel Craig back in 2004. He's spaced out his career well. He's made a name for himself in this Kingsman lane. This Recently, this, at the very least. Because, yeah. again, as you mentioned earlier, X-Men First Class was a first class of a movie. Like, this... Yeah, it's really good. It was really, really good. And so is Kick-Ass. Mm -hmm. Kick-Ass is fun. And so I, I feel like his, his, his Matthew Vaughn's best moments come out of his ability to take an ensemble group with a, with a, with a, uh, a sole mission and group a team around that mission and see how they act in, in, um, together. Because mm -hmm. his characters develop and there's a lot of banter. It's a lot of uh, fucking around. It's a when lot the mission, of action. When the mission is strong enough to be a like center po like plot point, and you're able to build characters around it, that's when he shines the best. Yeah. And when it comes also, to Argyle, yeah. I, I I feel like it's the elephant in the room because we've not mentioned it yet. Yeah, and I Argyle. Jump on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a miss by any like chances, but it's special. Okay, so uh, quick thoughts on Argyle. Out of me. Yeah. And I wrote it in the review that's up on the Instagram, uh, the Cinecloud Instagram. It's, um, did I enjoy watching Argyle? Yeah. Was it good? No. Not at all. The, yeah. Um, it's a rough watch because if you're not willing to just say fuck it, you're going to hate this mm -hmm. thing. And I don't think rough watch is like does justice to what it does because there's a lot it, of things that it does that it does. If you come correctly. in expecting Kingsman legitimacy, it's it's a rough watch because legitimacy is nowhere to be found in this movie. So it this movie makes fun of every single trope out of every single spy movie ever made, and it just says like, "Oh, we already made fun of that. Fuck it, we'll just do it again." always doubling down doing more and more and more and more and more to a point where i felt like it, it felt unnecessary like i've seen more 
groundedness in Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, uh, like, are you are you funny or are we supposed to take it seriously? And the movie doesn't answer because it it, it, it looks like it's trying to do both more often than not. It's trying to be like, now you're supposed to take me seriously. Okay, now we're fucking around. It tries to keep a poker face as long as possible when but it, it knows clearly that what is happening on the screen yeah. is outlandish. It's like a kid playing their first game of poker. And it's like they're, they're supposed to do a mm -hmm. poker face, so they're clearly doing one. But it's like, yeah, no, we can all tell that you're there's something going on, you're but you're not. Really yeah, hard. you're bluffing. So you're trying to bluff so hard that everybody can tell that you're bluffing. And I was just, um, yeah, the movie, the movie bombed at the box office, I think, as a result of the critics mm -hmm. response that came out immediately, like in. in like tearing this movie down which is like the issue with this like teardown is objectively my crack, crack, crack the can, crack a can. And objectively sorry <laughs> objectively speaking um it's warranted like e as a critic if i i'm putting myself in their shoes the 40 percent they gave this movie on it's 35 now 35 now the 35% they gave on Rotten Tomato is justifiable. Accurate. And, <laughs> and the problem is the fact that you can justify it goes against, I think, the intent and purpose that this movie is trying to achieve. It doesn't mean that this movie, in my eyes, is over that 35% mark. It just means that trying to rank this movie goes beyond and against what it's trying to achieve. Here, here's what I'll say. Uh, any Rotten Tomatoes that gives 35 critics that give out a harsh grade, it doesn't necessarily mean that they had a great time, but a 35, and it's, this is complicated about the Rotten Tomato system because you can rate a movie 2.5 stars out of 5, but if it counts as rotten, it goes to that percentage. Mm -hmm. So it's not a medium of scores. It's a medium of like versus dislike. Or like versus okay. It's great or it's not great. It's tricky with a movie like this because it's so evident about 10 minutes in that you're getting a movie that is not going to be great. No, it's not going to be a critic pleaser. No, it's supposed to be just fun shit. But my, my question is how much fun is too much fun? Like I'm, I'm all for random shit in movies, having a blast and pulling out all the stops to make whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But how much as a viewer are you supposed to take in before you fucking have a headache? Because I <laughs> and before going any further, I think we should explain the plot of this movie. Go for it. Because uh, essentially, like it's easy to do all the to make all these claims, but if you don't know what's going on, yeah, yeah you go don't for know it. What's going on and. If you don't want to Google it, here's the plot for you. Basically, you have this, um, you start the movie with this uh, special agent on a mission, and the mission turns sour. And you end up on a scene where John Cena and Henry my Cavill. boy Henry Cavill, Cavill are like, this plane is going down, we need to like get away from the agency because something bad happened. And plot twist, they're not actually the main characters of this movie which the poster would not fucking let you yep. know that would it i walked in and i was after 10 minutes i was like okay this is not the movie i was expecting to watch well because what I, happened was they're actually characters in a book written by written, bryce dallas howard yes 
which is the main character of this movie. And this movie is centered around the fact that her books are so close to real life events that real life spatial agents, like special agents are trying to get at her. Yeah. I, I feel like if you just say how this movie starts and how this movie ends, not in actions, but in where the characters are, mm-hmm. you have a complete idea of the shit show that went down in two yeah. hours. You start with this um, like uh, middle-aged writer. Middle-aged writer is super like passive and um, non-violent. Like she loves calls her cat. She calls a night with her cat a hot date. Yep, she loves her cat to death, and I agree. Scottish folds are the best cats ever. <laughs> so like. I cannot even say she's no, wrong. No, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. That okay. cat was hella cute. Yeah, okay. So there you go. Hot and how does she end? How does she end? The most badass she, human being. She's like an international pro- super spy. Pretty much. Enough said, right? I don't want to feel like... Those are two polar opposite characters. I mean, if this is the movie that you like, that, that feels like it floats your boat, plot twist every five minutes... We're talking plot twist. Yeah, plot twist every five minutes. We're Break, talking breakage of the fourth wall. Yeah, fourth time. wall breaking. We're talking. We're talking slapstick comedy. We're talking action that is supposed to be so merciless that is toned down because of a PG thirteen rating. Mm-hmm. We're talking wasted potential in a cast really truthfully because when you look at it you're like god damn they really pulled some strength to get those people on i have an argument to make for john cena i'm going to talk about mm-hmm. that later but before, on but he's in this movie for like five minutes he's one of the funniest fucking humans on planet earth mm-hmm. and he, he could have been used for this and he was there only for five minutes yeah henry cavill but the, I, I told you, like, right away, this is the most Henry Cavill role I've ever seen Henry Cavill, like, have. Yeah, but the problem with the role is that it's written through the perspective of, like, a a, 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 a book. So the dialogue is not anything human. He's not, never sounds like an actual character. No, which is why I think it works. Because when you're asking him to do, like, those scenes where he's an actual character, it's either hit or miss when I think, it comes to I think him. And it's not, not like uh, a... I'm not bashing. Uh, no, you're not it's Henry. just like yeah. uh, as a viewer that has seen Henry Cavill in a lot of movies, I feel like he's either on the dot when it comes to like his characters or he's completely out of it. He's definitely better playing a badass than he mm-hmm. is not. Yeah. Like, like it's he's, hard to. But I've never seen him not play a badass. I'm trying to think of what movies Henry Cavill has done. He's done Superman. Yes. He's. I think he was a great Superman. He was in Mission Impossible, which some people oh, don't like. Really. I liked him in Mission Impossible. A lot of people didn't. Because he was a henchman. He was just a tough guy. Mm-hmm. He had to fight Tom Cruise. But he's not... The problem, I think, with Henry Cavill is that you look at him and you're like, you're not a bad guy. You <laughs> yeah. look like a nice guy. Yeah. He looks like a nice guy. So he he's hard nice. he's, he's hard to sell as a bad guy, which is why in Argyle, he's kind of suiting the role of this spy superhero perfectly because he doesn't look like a bad guy. Nope. He's nice. And he's... He's almost like this James Bond-esque character. I'd go as far as to say that he's the like uh, epitome of the perfect Yeah, he's a character. Well, he's really he's a, a caricature of James Bond. Imagine he's a character in a character. No, a caricature of, yep. a, of James but Bond. In a movie that is already a caricature. Yeah. Which is like doubles down no, it's, the whole it's thing. It's the most overblown fucking film I've seen in my life. It's, the, it's a movie where... That's not true. Not in my life. But in a recent mm-hmm. while, I'm like, Matthew Vaughn, why are you doing this? For those that... Um, I do not endorse those kind of activities, but I know a lot of people that love watching movies as a group while drinking. 
alcohol and this is one of those movies that's a fun thing that's fun yeah i know go like, do that getting hammered go go watch this, this movie mo- yeah but this movie hammered has to be one of the best experiences ever fuck if you've never seen it before you walk in hammered oh my god all the plot twists. oh yeah. what the oh, fuck god damn um, they cat fell from 12 stories and survived what the shit they're so stupid we were lucky because we got to sit in a theater with uh only two other people yeah and, and to think of it that was that was uh that was a Thursday night premiere. Mm-hmm. This movie bombed. Yep. Like, it really bombed. And it's it sucks because Matthew Vaughn deserves better. And this movie deserves better because there's a couple of things that this movie could have done mm-hmm. that would have made it just more outlandish. First of all, you cannot make a movie this outlandish and not have it be rated R. First off, yes. If I'm shooting somebody, I want to see Melon Blow. Mm-hmm. Like, make it fucking nuts. But they don't make it nuts. Like, they didn't make it as nutty as it should have been. They made it nutty but for kids so it mm-hmm. comes off more like a kids action movie yeah. than anything else you should have given me that deadpool violence like this goofy like 100%. like no sense ever like violence and uh it's funny because the first like when you mentioned fast and furious the first thought that like, came through my mind was like those movies never get good scores yet they still drag a bunch of people in theaters yeah but that's and, i feel like that's because investment with the characters yeah that's, nobody would go watch fast and furious 11 if it wasn't for the per, vin the fa- diesel the and the, yeah exactly there, yeah the 10 yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh so it's you know, hard like how do you start that kind of franchise then well you think about fast and furious it didn't start where they are now it started as a street racing team mm-hmm. in the middle of los angeles and it was super calm fast and furious one is 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 just a chill movie and they got bigger and bigger to the point where they're robbing banks, and then they now they're in space. So, do you think this movie like started too strong? Do you think that if this movie was called Kingsman Three, mm-hmm. and it would have tied in better with what happened in Kingsman, it would have been better. Right off the bat, so so I think we have to we have to talk about that if we're going to talk about this because this movie continues an after credit a post credit scene mm-hmm. or a mid credit scene. It essentially involves a bar called the Kingsman Bar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a tie into the Kingsman, essentially. Um, for this teasing, maybe a broader universe of well, Matthew Vaughn films. From what I've understood, specifically on that after, like post slash mid credit scene, um, in the movie, the author author that wrote the books previously had five that were already released. And this scene specifically was targeted as the first book. Bro, that's I, what I understood. I, I understood that because the ca- the main character that's in that scene is called Argyle. Yeah, Agent Argyle. Agent Argyle, but not written the same way. It's A R space Guile. So it's... to me, it felt like okay, you're going in and trying to like build a prequel of yeah. of a world you've already goofily built, and. My question is then, where is the tangibility and all of that? They can't do anything. They cannot do anything with this movie because this movie is, feels like a lighter, dumber version of The Kingsman. And The Kingsman is already nuts. Mm-hmm. The Kingsman is already outlandish. It's already a lot of fun. It's hectic. It's fast. And, and this movie is, doesn't sniff the heels of The Kingsman. And the thing with The Kingsman... To it and the Kingsmen are not that they're not excellent no, movies, they're just, but they're super fun. And, and this movie's not this movie compared to the Kingsman wasn't able to like 
keep in mind the essence of spy movies. Whereas The Kingsman, for me, like, I felt that, like, James Bond-esque stupidity and, like, kind of, like, old-fashioned way of going about, like, secret missions. Yeah. This movie really just felt like a dumb action movie set in a setting that was supposed to be resemblance of The Kingsman. For sure. It's... I didn't feel it. I It took a long time to get... Go, going anywhere mm-hmm. and then when it did the payoff is so not rewarding like it's not stylistic enough for Vaughn it doesn't work for his movies and I didn't think that this movie was very good at all I thought it was a lot of fun and and fun to watch because of how silly it is but this movie's not going very far and I don't think I think it should be a one-off yeah, and there's no reason for it to go very far. I, I can't see myself watching this thing again. I cannot see myself watching this thing again, but I did enjoy the one time I watched it. I feel like it's the kind of movies that if I were to go to a party and it was in the background and I had nothing to do, yes, I'd watch it. But again... If it's on, like it's, if it's on TV. It's the kind of, that kind of movie. Like if you're CTV Montreal news channel on a Saturday night is playing Argyle at 7 p.m., I don't care. It's a Saturday night movie. I don't care. It could be any day. Point is, it sound it looks like a movie that plays at like eleven o'clock at night on fucking Fox or something. <laughs> like you know, like, the kind of movie that is just there to like fill a spot. It, of course, it's, what do you want? What do you want more but from? There it? are some things that are good about it. Yeah, like for like from I really like the Brian Cranston's role as the. I like Brian Cranston in everything he does. How can you not? He's Jesse. Uh, he's he's Walter White. Mm-hmm. How can you not? But truthfully, like I felt like he was the tying factor that like pulled that goofiness and put it somewhere. Well, he's definitely one of the most skilled actors on the cast. Mm-hmm. And I guess the comparison I'm trying to make is, which is a weird comparison, but to me, he managed to capture that same. Um, ludicrous yet like kind of grounded uh presence that uh will farrell had in barbie where like he's this, yeah like, he's, henchman, but he's like, playing a, uh, he's playing a very similar role which is why i see the link between the two yeah. and i'm like he did it better because he was able to actually put a threat yeah in that movie and i was like okay you're a cool character you look unhinged af yeah you're just doing stuff and you're able to pull strings that even i couldn't predict i was like okay you're actually making me kind of want to see where where this is headed He's definitely a great actor, so he knows how to do this. He knows how, how to can save things. How you go things. against Samuel L. Jackson watching the NBA? Because it's stupid. Because it's, it's really dumb. And I'm all for stupid movies, but when I feel like your movie is stupid, when I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm not even having fun anymore. It's stupid. It's that stupid. I was like, all right. However, Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. in this movie... Really good. He's really good. He's the glue. Like, without him, you don't have a movie. Bryce Dallas Howard is fine. She's good. The, the problem uh, is not her. It's her, like, the way she's written, truthfully. Well, she, like, yeah. Because, like, just, to me, like, if I had to give my own opinion on it, she, the first part of her character, the whole, like, bookworm author thing was really well written. But as soon as she went badass, I was like, okay, you're... What the hell Yeah, but she's on? not believable because of the situation they have her in. Um, just in terms of characters and performances, Henry Cavill's fine. 
Cena is fine. I love John Cena. He doesn't deserve. He deserves a bigger role. Um, Catherine O'Hara, who plays the her mother, mm-hmm. she was fine. Yeah, I liked her a lot in this movie. She was good. I like Catherine O'Hara. I think she's a, she's a good actress, and she's been in a couple of projects recently. She's doing really well. Um, Dua Lipa in her. This was her first role. Because this was recorded before Barbie was. Yep. So this was her first time on camera. She has more lines in this than she does in Barbie. She's better in this. You can't rate a performance in Barbie. It's just, hi, Barbie. It's like, okay, cool. She's John good. Cena's in it, too. <laughs> but she was good in this. Yeah, but like, for the small part that she was, like, having in this movie. She yeah, she's in it for, like, five minutes. She's like, it's okay. Oh, it's good enough to give her the front of the poster, though. Apparently. Cavill, like, it's the poster is the most. It, I got a rant. The poster is the trailer. Like, well, the poster is dumb. I'm gonna tell you something. No, it but really to, feel we like, gotta talk about Dua Lipa though, because she she's good in this movie. Like uh, for five minutes, though, it's hard to like wait. Yeah, but, you, but, you, for, yeah, for but when you think of a non actor, like, a non actor, yeah, but she's yeah, but she, it's not easy to act. Like we act like you gotta act. Mm-hmm. She does a good job. She did a good job. Uh, the poster is dumb. Because truth, like, the thing with the poster is that it really feels like a cop-out. They were scared of, like, putting the two main characters on the front poster. So they were like, we're going to put some, like, household names to yeah, try to drag people yeah, in. Yeah, Dua fucking Lipa. I like, I'm a big Dua Lipa fan. But, like, what the fuck? We're talking about, we're talking about Henry Cavill. Cavill, Cavill whatever the fuck. We're talking about Dua Lipa, Sam L. Jackson. Then you have Sam Rockwell and Bryce Dallas Howard. If you see this poster, well, who do you think is the star of this movie? Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa. Yeah, except he, they're not. Where this poster would have worked is instead of having Dua Lipa and Henry Cavill in the front page, you should have had Henry Cavill right next to the main character so that you could see the link between the two. Yeah, but they, they really give you nothing in this poster. Like John Cena is ahead of Brian Cranston. What's really good? My and I had three minutes of like, like what's time. what's really good? And Sam Rockwell is behind both of them. He's better. He's the best actor in this movie. He gives the best performance, and he's also the main fucking character. Well, second, they're they're both main characters. Yeah. Shout out to the cat though for making it onto the front page. That's crazy. Um, yeah, the the greater the lie, the bigger no, the greater. Wow, I can't read. The greater the spy, the bigger the lie. Well, Argyle lied to me when it showed me a trailer and told me it was going to be good. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Uh, ended up with a C grade on... Um, Completely fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's enjoyable. It's not fantastic. It's just fun. It doesn't it's take itself... It's you go out to doesn't take it, your friend. doesn't take itself too seriously, no. which is to its benefit. Because mm-hmm. holy Christ, if it took itself seriously, we'd be here with a whole different angle on this thing. Dude. That scene where she skates on oil with fucking like <laughs> like what the she fuck? stabbed herself in the fucking toe, yeah. but they don't know. She just apparently so apparently what I what I learned the hard way is that you could slide a knife through a boot to like use it as a skate, but by putting pressure down on the skate, the knife won't just go through your foot. Yeah, I mean if if you want to really go deep into it, if it has a steel shank, then maybe it works. It doesn't work. It no, doesn't work. Some she took blades and and scraped the bottom of the to lodge them there. But when you step on it, in theory, that the hole would go deeper. No, but the boots, those boots, 
and then the boots don't have a fucking steel shank. Yeah, they do. Bullshit. She was wearing her fucking uh, no, their work boots. She's wearing her matang boots, bro. She was wearing the boots that she wore to go to the fucking uh, with, on the train. Doc Martin's looking ass. Yeah, on the train. Yeah, then she's done for. It she was no she foot would have cut in half right there. She would look like the Kingsman girl. She's in this movie. <laughs> She's in this yeah, movie. Oh, I don't know the fucking Argyle something special. The only thing scene though that I think is worth praise, personally, is when they first enter the apartment of the hacker, and they try to get away from that entire sequence is a lot of fun. Yeah, like it's it really was really cool. well sequenced, really well choreographed. Yeah, and that was a blast. I really liked that. It, it was really cool. But after that, like uh, it really felt like they went at it segment by segment, and they just mashed them together into like a movie. Yeah, they just kind of did things. With little to no uh, regard for for anything around, really. And if you're interested in this movie, I, I'd say that it's okay to go see it, but I'd wait for streaming. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind no, of movie you watch at home. I'm sorry that it bombed, but it's not the people that listen to this show that are going to go save it from bombing. Uh, if Those who wanted to watch Argyle have watched Argyle mm-hmm. already. So if you haven't seen it, wait. It'll, it'll come out on streaming in a month. Uh, with like pretty much less, every other movie, less. yeah, I'd say they'll realize how like bombed it was, like a, it did, yeah, and they'll right away try to like. I got a month out of it. I don't think it's gonna minimum. go. Maybe it already has a streaming release date. Where do you think it will stream? It looks like the kind of movie that goes on Paramount. It's Apple TV. Apple TV. It's an Apple TV movie. Uh, it explains everything. No, because Apple made Kills of the Flower Moon. Yeah, that's Scorsese. It's it doesn't exam- matter. It's an it doesn't matter. Apple's made Cha Cha real smooth too. They're not. My guy, not. my guy, my guy. Yeah, but it's not Apple's fault. Yeah, but Cha Cha real, real smooth. Blah, 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 blah. This movie was not supposed to succeed. This movie had a marketing campaign cost of eighty million dollars. The marketing campaign alone had it's more only budget. made thirty-five. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oof. Oh, geez, Louise, man. Tax write-offs. We love them. That's basically what it, <laughs> what it is, though. It's, it's the first flop of 2024. I'd say it's a financial flop, but Moving as far as Moving on to goes, Madame Web. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you have that one in the, like... I'm fucking excited for that one. Now that I saw Argyle, I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah why not? Right. We love the bombs. Uh, it was a great fucking week for spy movies and spy content. I just realized it back to back because, um, whatchamacallit, last Friday was the premiere of Donald Glover's iteration of Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon Prime. Um, classic franchise. Yeah, now franchise. Classic concept, I guess. I watched episode one thinking I was going to brush up for the show and then I watched episode two three four five six seven eight I finished it um the show works and it's really friggin awesome it's really cool um first of all I think it's about time we realized that Donald Glover and I might be just late to the party because maybe people realize it already. Donald Glover is like a force to be reckoned with as a writer, as a director, producer, as an actor. He's all over this project. If I had to like... Uh, He's a beast. Explain why you're like, you came around like right now onto like Donald Glover as a good writer is because he's always been... Like people don't know how like 
in which box to put him in. Yeah. Because he does music. He writes. He does TV shows. Phenomenal he talent. Movie. He really is. He's just like, as you said, a force to be reckoned with. And when people don't know where to put you, it's hard to like actually The man remember. made Redbone. Can we not? Daylight. It's fucking awesome. There's a reason that song's awesome, and it's because of him. And there's a reason this show's awesome, and it's because, partially because of him, big part to his co-star, Maya Erskine. Uh, Erskine, 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 I hope. I don't know. I don't want to fuck it up. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Essentially, the show is Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but it is not the traditional Mr. and Mrs. Smith that you know and potentially like that with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie um, that came out back in 05. This movie's di- this show, fuck, it's not a movie, it's a series. It's different, though. Essentially, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is a program where spies are jumbled together. A husband and a wife. They're not husband and wife before that, but they get like into a forced marriage. And their job is to complete missions together as husband and wife. They share a house that is assigned to them by the company. They call it the company. And... Um, Pretty much they go from there. And the, and the entire first season, the eight episodes, involve them um, navigating missions. And then there's obviously a relationship aspect. And then, you know, they go to counseling. They do all this shit. It's really good. My my Right off the bat, my problem I'm having with the show is people are going, it's a remake and it's boring. It's not like the original movie. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were movie stars. These two can't capture the same thing. Uh, uh, first, they don't, don't have to. No, because this is not a remake. This is what you call a reimagining. And yeah, but you gotta re- realize that the first Mr. and Mrs. Smith got anchored so deeply into like the cultural phenomenon, like in people's yeah. mind. That like I don't see how people that grew up watching that movie could picture it any other way, and that's not down to like the don't full, care. I know you don't, and I, I don't really either. not a problem. To but me. like the fact that it reimagined it, and I feel like was not marketed enough, and was not pushed enough, led to this like reception from the public. It's truthfully, it's like one of the coolest concepts you could have. It's in sick. terms of like spy movies. Yeah. It's and it's so well done. Like I said, you have a talent like Donald Glover. You're you're not. People sell him short, as if like he constantly makes bad things. Like when I saw that Mr. and Mr. Smith was going to be rethought by Donald Glover, that's reason to get excited, not be afraid. What are you going to be afraid of? It's Donald fucking Glover. He's going to kill it no matter what he does. And lo and behold. Man puts together an eight-part series, and it's it's engaging. It's they make he knows how to make you care about his characters because the show is created by him, and he has a co-creator that which I don't know the name right now. But essentially, the show knows how to make you care about its characters. Mister and Missus Smith are are people that you end up caring about way more than you could in the span of two hours, and it's because you see them go through things together, and you see them go through things individually and it's it's the right medium to tell a story about two spies that are into a forced marriage together that don't know each other like they have conversations where donald glover is like or i should say mr smith is like so we're married and she's like yeah but we're not really married we're we're fucking spies and it's about they have to explore who they are and how they're going to work together it's very interesting and People are going to be stuck with the fact that it they think it's remaking it. 
But and that's a massive problem that we have, I think, in today's Hollywood, today's industry. There's remaking something and there's reimagining something. And people are so hell bent on the fact that we get too many remakes that when you have a reimagining, you get sweep it under the rug as another remake. But some of these things are not being remade. They're being reimagined. But ultimately, and I, I still think we live in a world where um, quality surpasses what people think. And if this show, as you said, like it, your description of it and how like you explained it made me want to watch it for real. Yeah. And I feel like ultimately when it comes down to the wire and people are going to look back on this TV series, they're going to realize that despite the fact that it's not like the original, there's something to like grasp and something good about it that is worth talking about. And ultimately this will prevail. Like first initial reactions are always messed up because they're never accurate. They're, they lack for like, background check and like yeah. thinking about it and everything like along those lines it's holding currently an 88 by critics on rotten tomatoes a 69 by audiences on rotten which tomatoes. is not bad okay like, uh, it's not bad but the problem is that i'm just more so pointing out the fact that people go this is not mr and mrs smith it's boring the show could have been called something entirely different entirely different but if the show would have been called entirely different people would have been like oh it's mr and mrs smith mm-hmm. essentially so the the, they're like fuck mr. we know the like, problem is they go ahead and say it's mr and mrs smith it's boring like how the hell do you No, know? they're saying this is a boring version of what oh, shouldn't okay, be mr and mrs smith the old five movie is an action movie mm-hmm. it's two hours and like 10 minutes of like straight fucking guns blazing This show is like a relationship drama with action, with really funny moments. How long are the episodes? They go anywhere between, I'd say, 35 minutes to an hour. Okay. Because it's Amazon. There's no commercial. It's not regulated. They They go as long as they need to go. And they go really, really well. and, And they're done really well. And the performances are dedicated the cameos or the characters that get played by people that you would not expect is nuts you have alexander skarsgård's in this show elza gonzalez is in this show paul dano is in this show um sarah paulson's in this show and they're all in the show for like five minutes each give or take but it's always it, fun to see it, they're fun to see because they come in rotating they they play off so well they and the two uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith themselves have great chemistry and they and work well together. This is something I, th- I think we should stress even more. The fact that like nowadays TV shows, since they're on streaming, can allow themselves to pace their episodes differently and they don't have to like, restrict themselves yeah. to like a 45-minute format, it's which fantastic. is incredible because truthfully, you have episodes that are only worth 35 minutes of someone's time and you have yeah. other episodes that are worth an hour and 10 minutes of your time. And the it, fact that they switched their gear from delivering as many episodes as they can to like delivering the story they want to tell in the most like faithful way to the idea that was originally pitched is really like cool to see it's it's one of these things where like you said they're they're building on something like mr and mrs Smith is the basis of a concept that worked it's not a great movie by the way i don't know who defends this movie that hard it's not that great but Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, whatever. The point is this movie builds on that idea. They go further. They make more. They make it a story that the original concept doesn't have. 
to answer your previous question, it's a movie for the people. Like that's the only Mr. Reason and Mrs. Smith, yeah. the original movie. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's movie. that's why it lives in people's hearts. Yeah, like, it's, it's a movie like you watch with your family when you were young, and like this movie was hella stupid. I remember. It's the kind of shit that like gets anchored in your brain when you're eleven. Yeah. Um, YouTuber and uh, content uh, on the you know. So automatically uh, best source ever. No, 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 no. I'm just saying he's a guy who rev- reviews movies. Like we talk about them every week almost. Austin Burke. Yeah, yeah. Maybe never mentioned his name on the pod before, but I watch his reviews, and he pretty much sums it up in a great way. He says. Whether it's the chemistry, the writing, or a combination of both, there's so much to love about our two leads. It just works, period. And this is why this show is great. I don't think people, again, I think there's a problem with the idea that people see the same title and they Mm -hmm. see different people and they go, this is not going to be as good or I can't believe they remade it. Just give it a shot. But they're all initial reactions. Like, they've not even watched it. That's what I'm saying. People don't give it a shot. But you got to give this a shot. This is something you got to give a shot to. Like, it's concerning when you realize that half the reviews and half the, like, traction any piece of media gets nowadays is based on first-hand reaction that are not even involving the media. It's, like, rating. At one point, you're just, like, misleading people as much as you are being misled. Yeah, you're... you're, you got your head in the wrong idea if you think this movie, is, this series is 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 just in a, is not good for whatever because you gotta take a chance, take a chance on any piece of content even if it's a remake mm-hmm. even if it looks bad take a chance and if you can't stand it, then okay but Again, this is a show that is impossible to not stand if you can't stand this show you must hate humans <laughs> and if you don't want any of that if you don't want to do that why do you even waste the time talking about it yeah why would know. you complain. Well, that's what we, that's kind of the society we live in when we talk a lot, right? Me and you here talking a lot about things that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, uh, first world problem. They matter to us. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we're going to go from blabbing about people giving initial thoughts to going to talk about a trailer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the irony is... Welcome to the hypocrite's answer. <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, the Long Legs trailer was uh, premiered by Neon after so many stills and posters and short videos on YouTube. Can we talk made... about Neon for a second? Yeah. Neon and Neon. Neon. Like, is neon. It like neon, like the light. Neon films, yep. Because like, like... Neon pictures? They just... They're starting to blow up. Is like, it Neon pictures? Okay, what the fuck? Ne- neon, neon films? Neon, neon. neon film studio. Neon... It's just called... Oh, neon rated. Neon company. Neon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's They've been on a fucking tear. Like you were saying. Go, mm. I'll let you. So, like, uh, first and foremost, I just got to mention that, like, before the past 18 months, I've never heard of him. Yeah. And I don't remember the first movie that actually had that neon logo when it started. But uh, I remember. Could you refresh my mind? Well, for me, I remember seeing it for Itania. Okay. Which was a Margot Robbie movie about uh, Tanya Harding, but that's back in 2017, so it's a while ago. Mm-hmm. That was it was also their that was their seventh movie ever. They started in 2017. Um, it's a really new company. Yeah, and uh, let me uh, hang on. I gotta find one of these movies that that you are going to be like, yes, I recognize. Uh, Well, Parasite, yeah. that one best yeah, picture, yeah, 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 they yeah, rolled yeah. that one out. Mm-hmm. They rolled Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay. Um, 
they low they rolled out big time adolescence, which they rolled out Palm Palm Springs, um, Pig Nicolas Cage movie, Titan the worst. Oh, they're the one that did Titan. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, they they roll it out. Titan, worst person in the world, Spencer. Uh, this is a massive flea. Uh, uh, Moon Age Daydream, and like if basically just, they've made a lot if, of movies. Yeah, Triangle of Sadness, all the all the beauty mm-hmm. and the bloodshed, which I have never seen. But they're starting on like. Uh, what I was trying to get at is in the same way that like in I gotta, middle say, I gotta, I gotta wrap up this because this is this is now this is this is like this past year Infinity Pool yeah they they were in charge of distributing the 20th anniversary release of Old Boy okay uh, the Royal Hotel it lives inside Anatomy of a Fall um, Eileen Origin Ferrari Self Reliance. And they're in charge of Robot Dreams. They're in charge of Long Legs. They're in charge of Cuckoo. These are all coming out this they're, year. They're basically year. like picking up all the contracts that A24 used to get in the middle 2010s. They are basically the only... They are basically the comp- the competition to my favorite film studio, which is currently A24. Yeah, but like... As Everybody I said, has a favorite I studio. You, Everybody sees the logo. Like I, what I just mentioned. Like, yeah. You remember in the like, middle 2010s where like A24 was... Yeah, like, they were doing The Witch. They the were doing... Yeah, all these like... Yeah, yeah. Not low budget, but like low scale movies that yeah, ended up blowing indie up. Indie films. And indie film, film, films. 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 So indie films. They slept on him 10 times, by the way. 10 times. You see that shit? Yeah. He didn't win a Grammy this year. That's crazy. They gave it to Killer Mike. It's fine because Lauvi won one, one. Who? so I'm happy. Lauvi. Yeah, I didn't see her on TV. Yeah, but she was the one that opened the show. Nobody gives a fuck. She opened the show. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, Neon's dope. And, it's and they're cool. about to release a movie that's dope. Yes, so they've been teasing this for fucking I don't know how long. Too long. Too long, but it's really a great rollout that they got going on here. I just want to start by saying how, like, I was trying to grab this movie specifically. Neon also got Immaculate, the Sydney Sweeney horror film. Okay, 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 They got that one, too. They're the ones that releasing, oh, they... Immaculate, yeah. They, that movie were hype. I'm very excited. (laughs) I I love what they've got going on, and they're on the map now. Them and A24, to me, are the studios that get me the most excited for anything. Just because they're able to make these independent films really good. And all of these movies sound like original ideas. Yeah. That are like fully fleshed out, creatively speaking, in a yeah. like unique way. And yeah. That's satisfying to watch as a viewer. Long Legs is going to be the one coming out in July 12, mm-hmm. 2024. And I was trying to identify, stylistically speaking, what this movie reminded me of. And for the colors and the shots, it reminded me a lot of Matt Reeves' Batman. Okay. The because colors. I can see the colors. Shots is a little different. But yeah, but it's not the same like twi- setting. Yeah. But I meant the, the whole like uh, focus on one object. Yeah, aspect of it. Like, yeah, uh, this reminded me a lot of that in a cool way, not in a ripoff in any sense of the word. It so, was like very targeted. I'm looking here because we're getting essentially Andres Arochi is doing the cinematography for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got no feature films under his belt. This is debut in cinematography. And from the trailer, it good looks job. really good. Um, Osgood Perkins is directing and writing. It's produced by uh, a, a select group of people, Nick Cage being one of them. Nick Cage also stars in the film alongside Micah Monroe. The film, it goes without saying, is rated R. Uh, 
And uh, based off that one trailer, it kind of makes you want to wash your hands. <laughs> like, it's... it's I Rarely do I see a trailer come in and not have to give up what the movie's about. I What you gather from this trailer that was released in the past week is something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't know what. Creepy noises. I hear crying. No one tells me what's going on. Still shots. People are gasping. There's something wrong. But we don't know what it is. There is no storyline, but it is engaging to a point where you're like, I have to know. Mm-hmm. And that's what this movie's doing well is it, it's from its trailer, at least. Yeah. Well, you you have to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I finished watching the teaser and I'm like, so July 12th, eh? Like, really? Mm-hmm. Like that long? Because it's it's it, it sets itself up for you to be to want to know more. I would be content if they never made another trailer for this film. Me too. Because I, I like the idea of... And if they make one, I'm not going to watch it. First, first I don't off. think... I'm, I'm I'm going to because it's just what I do. But I feel like I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Because what do you, why would you want to watch something? What I think they should do is keep releasing some of the material that they have been already. Like, just more creepy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and like uh, a rollout schedule that I feel like movies are missing out upon and video games do a lot and they do well is instead of like releasing like shots or like scenes from their movie specifically they build out their world based on elements like in this trailer specifically we saw there was like a handbook where like the lady i presume was like drawing a triangle right Mm -hmm. and i'd love for them like once every two weeks to release a page of that notebook trying to like tease what's going on yeah until like you build up to this finally where you reveal it I, like so far, this has been one of the greatest marketing, uh, like pull, rollouts of a film I've seen in a long time. Just for its subtlety. Whatever they do, I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hate for them to release a trailer that flat out gives you the whole story. I would don't want them to do that. I want them to keep doing the the cryptic stuff. So you don't want a Nosferatu? Not Nos, but yeah, uh, the uh, not Nosferatu. Sorry, the uh, the passage, like the the one where like Dracula is onto the boat. The, the last voyage of the, the last meter. voyage of the, the meter. Yeah, the, because in the trailer alone like you knew everything that was going yeah, on yeah they, yeah they, they told you everything mm-hmm. uh yeah no don't do that don't tell me everything <laughs> i don't want to know i want to be scared shitless i don't want to i want to be spooked when i watch this movie and although i'm not spooked watching the trailer i know i will it's fucking creepy the, yeah it's creepy in a good yeah, but no, way no 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 I'm act, I'm not spooked because I'm sensitive to spook. I'm actively searching to get excited about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, creepy vibe because it, it, it is yeah, creepy it gives vibes. Me all the good signs that this will be a banger. It's movie. creepy vibes, mm-hmm. but we'll see what it gives. I'm, I'm the I'm shot rooting. where you saw the old vehicle in like the drive room in the middle of the snow. Yeah, that shot. You were like, it's unsettling because you everything know is unsettling. What it's but it's like towards. it's unsettling, but it feels. It's nothing. No, but that's it's the right. thing. It's nothing, it's but the right thing it's unsettling. Do. Yeah, it, exactly. That's what they're doing a great job. Uh, neon, long legs, July twelfth, exciting. Nick Cage, fucking right. He's Nick Cage. He's gonna Dude, kill somebody. He's there, like he's on. He's gonna kill somebody. Micah Monroe is not to be underestimated either. Micah Monroe, I watched her in um, Watcher. Was it last year or two years ago? Uh, Watcher was 2022. Regardless, she's fucking great in that movie. I expect nothing but great things from her in this uh, fucking episode, in this fucking show. Fuck. (laughs) She's really good. 
uh yeah uh we don't have much else to like mention because the trailer was really just yeah cryptic. It, it's really just out there freaking you out so you did a good job mm-hmm. um in other movie news brad pitt quentin tarantino going for a three-peat you love to see quentin tarantino's in his last film it's called the film critic um and brad pitt set to be in it now it's un- when, like uh, what portion of the role i was gonna say it's take? unknown if he has okay. a, a mainstream role or not the film is reportedly about a guy who really lived but was never really famous and he used to write movie reviews for a porno mag sick movie reviews for a porno mag we're, we're getting somewhere with this, this what is, i'll say this is, is quentin tarantino's yep. alley yeah what i'll say is looking back on the quentin tarantino's filmography you, you realize that every single movie that he made had an intention behind it yeah in terms of like the goal he was trying to achieve with it and this really feels like the culmination point where he's going underground in a way that will just reveal the fact that it's not really underground it's just hidden away from society and from what people like it's just under the light under the rug it's always been there but never like outspoken yeah i don't think he's ever done the porn industry no he's never done it what i'm saying is all of his movies have a link with her history in some yeah. way, shape, or form. And yeah. this movie will just like tie the bow. And it's usually modern history. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't go back far. He's not the a far priest. He's gone. World War like, II. No, he went back for like Django Unchained. Oh, I forgot about Django Unchained. He did, he did go back for Django yeah. Unchained. But it's all society, it's all historical reimagining. Mm-hmm. That's all he does is, okay, what if this happened instead of this? What if this happened instead of this? Um, funny enough, two of the films that he's done that in, Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, they both star Brad Pitt. And so it's like, what do you get when you have Brad Pitt and Quentin Tarantino? So far, nothing but good. Get heat. So what do you think? And seeing what he did with with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if he brings that same tone into this movie, I'm gonna love it. I'm sure. Although will. I was the first one to mention how like this was a like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a um, departure from what he used to make. In terms of delivery of like his his like story to the audience, no, no. To me, it really felt like a departure. From maybe what he less. Used to do. Maybe it's less action than he normally would have. But his dialogue is standard. no. I'm not. I'm not talking about the writing specifically. I'm talking okay. about the way um, it's given to the audience. I'd say What's My Time in Hollywood is far slower than all of his movies, which is where I'm heading at. Yeah, okay. the, the way the story is being told is way different from what he usually be like said like the way he built built his scenario and the sequence of yeah, the they're all more dragged out taking his time and he's as you said taking his time and if this movie the movie film critic the movie critic I don't remember, film critic the film critic manages to keep that same essence i think it'll be a banger i think that he has no choice given the subject he's i don't think we're gonna get an action movie here so i think will he's be gonna, rated r yeah it's quentin tarantino what the fuck he doesn't know how to do anything else PG thirteen's offending him. I would like to see. I know this is gonna be his final movie. I want to see, if not for roles, then cameos. I want everybody back. I want Leo. I want De Niro. I want Samuel Jackson. I want Kurt Russell. Give me fucking, uh, dude, Christoph Waltz. Am I stupid? But when did De Niro ever get in the Quentin Tarantino movie? Jackie Brown. True. Okay. Yeah. I was like, Je- he's in Jackie Brown and he's 
Is he only in Jackie Brown? I think he is. You mentioned him. I was like, dude. Well, he's in Jackie Brown, but maybe I made it. I say Samuel Jackson. Yeah, you did. I definitely meant Samuel Jackson. Okay, because you said the because because they're in the yeah. same they're in Jackie Brown. You said, and I, you said DiCaprio and then you said the Nero. Like, yeah, traditional oh, pair. Yeah, I want I want the Nero in there too, though. Mm-hmm. I want everyone. I want yeah no I want Jackie. Uh, uh, fuck Jackie Silver Brown. Silver Stone's not there. I'm not signing up. No, definitely <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Definitely Kurt Russell. Definitely DiCaprio. Christoph Waltz. That's the core that I want to see in the movie, for sure. Anybody else? Bring back old faces. Bring in new faces. Bring in whoever you want. But you best have those guys. And I want to see him act out a role like he used to do. He used to be in this mm-hmm. movie. He used to do something. It feels like the kind of movie he'll be in. Yeah, he might. Maybe not acting, but even if you get a cameo mm-hmm. or something, do something good. He will. I'm sure because this not is the point. last movie. He's going to be special. So it's That's very exciting. He's like talked about a lot. Yeah, it so, comes out at the end. Of, it comes out in 2025. Sooner than we think. We're not filming yet, so we'll see. Point is, oh lord, oh my, my phone's going crazy. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, something that I've seen. I don't know if you've seen it, but this is why it's in the doc. Oh yawn. <laughs> Sorry. My God, I have to catch some Um. I've seen this going around on TikTok and on Instagram and et cetera. Uh, right away. Apparently, you're not allowed to put music on TikTok. Not anymore. UGM, uh, Universal Music Group, pulled all their music. Taylor Swift and Drake and Kanye. and. So now every reel I see has music in it. Yeah, reels are going crazy now. Anyway, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't really use TikTok. <laughs> I follow. I don't use TikTok either. I was just. I watch told. TikTok for George Carmi <laughs> and all the other film guys. But regardless, um, they did this, and I thought it was very interesting. They did a Knives Out three fan casting bit. Now I realize that you went deeper in this. Knives Out three is beginning filming at the end of the year, and there's no news on casting yet. Following the Knives Out ensemble template. I've asked you, and I've done the same, to build a cast around Benoit Blanc. I said, pick eight people, set up in a story, uh, names about possible acting slash character remarks about said actor. Let's just say you say, I want this guy because he can do this. I have assigned you with the task. You underestimated um, my preparation. I Yeah, I don't think I did less than you did. So <laughs> do we do like, I think we should do a one at a time. Uh, my mind is like fully like fleshed out. You fleshed it out? Yeah. With like a three acts or you just fleshed out a synopsis? I fleshed out a synopsis and in my synopsis I mention every character. Alright, I'll make it up on the spot. You go. You go. Okay. I'm going to read you the synopsis and I'm going to read you the actors. Okay. Given like some of these are memes because truthfully this list is memes. But whatever, I'll go ahead. Yeah. So here's the scenario. After his last coup de génie at the Glass Onion Island made him a household name around the globe, Benoit Blanc is asked to teach newly inducted detectives into the ins and outs of analyzing a crime scene. Okay. Seeing as his class doesn't seem to take him too seriously, he decides to take them into a real crime scene, laughing at them as they struggle their way towards the truth behind the crime in question. All under the watch of a perhaps rightfully concerned internship supervisor. Okay, so... Now the cast that you've assembled is the detectives or it's the people at the crime it's scene? Benoit Blanc. Yeah. 
Played by Daniel Craig. Played by Daniel Craig. I got Patty Considine and Rafi, or Rafi or Raf Spall, which are the two cops in Hot Fuzz, the duo. There's the names? Those are their real names, like the actors. The actors? You put the actors from Hot Fuzz in your movie? Yeah. Okay. For shits and giggles. What's their names? Um, Paddy Considine. Considine. I don't know how to say his name. Hot Fuzz, I'll tell you. And Rafi Spall. They're basically the duo, like the two doofus. They're like, do you remember how like they're always saying how he's stupid? <laughs> Why are they in this movie? Because okay, they're, they're, they're there. They're like they're they're the two detectives at the crime scene that are actually enrolled to like try to solve it. But not Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. No, they're too obvious. Okay, so you went with Patty Considine and Ra- uh, Ra- uh, Rafe Spall. Yeah. Oh boy, that's. Jeez Louise, man. <laughs> okay. No, okay, they're there no, just to right. say. Like, uh, they'll okay, be right. in and out. It's the but are they starring characters? Are they part of the eight that you selected? Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I got two students, which are in order. Justice Smith. Yeah, I And like that. Rachel Seenot. C- fuck you. And you put Rachel Sennett. Yeah. What the fuck? Why not? I put Rachel Sennett in my list. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. I like <laughs> okay. the third student, Open. For interpretation. Okay. And my final actor in, so it's not completely eight, it's the inter- internship supervisor. Yours, truthfully, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, okay, I like that one. Okay, so right now you have uh, Rafe Spall, um, Patty Considine. Yeah, as like cameos. Yeah, but they're part of your eight. Yeah. Okay, so they're there. Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Justice Smith. Yeah. Rachel Sennett. Yeah. That's five. Yep. Yeah, Daniel Craig. Yeah, he doesn't count. Yeah, then I have six. Okay, you have six. Okay. All right. I'll just steal some of yours. That's fine. No, I, I got I got mine. Um, I followed the... Uh, I would say my... I'm following in the footsteps. Are you finished? No, my question was, how, what do you think? Do you think this scenario would work out? I think it's great. I question the actor choices. <laughs> no, the actors are mean. I, I mentioned it right away. Like, I, think, I think it's great. However, I think that... Um, the way we went about it is different. I like the idea of him training people. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. I just, I'm like, and Jennifer Lawrence absolutely belongs in a Knives Out movie. She does. So she's great there. Rachel Sennett, how can I, I can't blab. I have her on my list. So it's it's good. And Daniel Craig is untouchable. Justice Smith is somebody I was tempting to put on my list. I went with, um, my ratio is off. I have eight actors. I have five women, three men, plus Daniel Craig, who's going to be the ninth the roundout but it's this i follow in the footsteps of glass onion when i made my list i Mm -hmm. went with more of a comedic approach yeah my people are um capable of being funny all while being uh like ridiculous and they definitely i'm definitely trying to is there john cena on it you 100 (laughs) you fucking bet your fucking ass Uh, i'm following the tone of night glass onion i'm definitely following that tone i don't know what i would go with here i was thinking if I'm you, actually thinking my my plot when you made up a plot was Benoit Blanc should be hired to investigate a murder at a political level. My Someone first, dies in like the White House or my something. My first idea, no matter how goofy it was, was he was so good at his job that he was hired by MI6 to train special <laughs> agents. But I was like, this is going too That's far. Nutty. So I was uh, like, I'm going to bring it back to like a lower level. And he's like just giving a class. Yeah. So if you want to go with my scenario too, and I, flesh I was it out. gonna go. I'm going in politics. 
Okay. I'm going, somebody died somewhere and he's got to investigate amongst politicians. And he's going to have to deal with people and like a cabinet of people that are, are not, like he loses patience very easily, yeah. right? Which country though? Uh, I was going to go US. Yeah. I'm going investigation in the White House. He's dealing with, um, and these are the people I have selected. I have, you mentioned him already, John Cena. Um, he's just pure muscle. And he's a funny, to me, he's a funnier version than Batista. Yeah. And Batista died really fast in Glass Onion. He dies. Mm -hmm. And so, John Cena, I wouldn't have him die. But I'd definitely have him be like Secret Service. And like a double like, agent. No, no, he, no, no, no. He would be like a bodyguard who, yeah. who realizes that the guy's dead. So he's. I have him a, team up with Benoit Blanc and just question every single of his I'm, move in I'm, the most I'm American not, way possible. I'm not having him do that because I have Jason Schwartzman. There you go. You Jason Schwartzman me. would do that because he's good. got hilarious comedic timing. He's got very good acting chops. He could play anybody from like this asshole to a nobody. And if I'm building my scenario in my head, I have, there's a death. Let's say president dies mm -hmm. in the white house. Jason Schwartzman is a dickhead who thinks that he's going to solve this. John Cena is the president's bodyguard who cannot believe that the president died and on his he watch. Like all his he's fault. having an emotional yeah. breakdown. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, I have Margaret Qualley on my list. Margaret Qualley is so great. Like, there's no. Not. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I maybe in this situation, I would see her as someone who works in the building who has to deal with the president. But I don't want her because essentially they're all suspects, right? That's how Knife Out gets played out. I would definitely keep her on my list because I didn't build a scenario in my head. But this is what I'm going mm -hmm. with, and I'm able to establish it for people. Margaret Qualley, uh, Aubrey Plaza. Is on this list. Uh, I said Rachel Senate already because Rachel Senate is is hilarious, mm -hmm. but in the awkward way. Yep, and it, she fits into that like theme yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah, she's capable of comic relief in any scene and especially intense scenes. So she's great deal there. Um, Zoe Kravitz, who played Catwoman in the Batman, I got her here too. That's an odd take. Yeah, no, like, she's there because she's gonna be the not funny one give it too seriously yeah she's gonna the be the one breaker. who is the one who's who who is the not, one you tell her like you're busting my balls she's not panicking you know she's just like chill but like something's wrong you know um i got zazie beats love zazie beats i'm putting her in here because she's fucking hilarious too and finally to round out my cast i have john bernthal john bernthal can just he's kind of an asshole when he acts like it so Nice Solid guy in real cast. life, but he's an asshole. I definitely went with bigger names, mm -hmm. but I want to make Knives Out 3 big. So <laughs> I wanted to take it back a bit. I went the other way around. I was like, you, you, I wanted to keep the original idea of this is a small movie. Yeah. And I feel like Benoit Blanc's character works really well in a small assemble, and you'd, you'd lose him very quickly in a big setting. I feel like you're not going to lose him here. Between dealing with Jason Schwartzman's um, I mean, snappy remarks and assholeist nature and John Cena's complete mm -hmm. breakdown. But the thing with your scenario, I feel like I, I love your cast. Yeah. But the way you have it, like, I know you came on like to it on the I spot. I came on on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it wouldn't let uh, Benoit Blanc work, like, do his work. He can't. That's the point. He couldn't do it in Knives Out and he could barely, he could barely do it in Knives Out and then he could barely do it in Glass Onion. He has to like lose his mind before he's allowed mm -hmm. to do his work. But he could remember Glass Onion? Yeah. 
he can't do fuck all because they're just annoying. <laughs> he doesn't know how to, he can't fix them. He ends up leaving and then coming back and it's a whole thing. And it's going to be the same type of concept where he cannot do his work until he sits them all down and tells them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pretty much. And then they're going to have a breakdown scene. And I can see where the talents of Rachel Sennett, Aubrey Plaza um, come out and shine. I can see either Zoe Kravitz or Margaret Cawley in, a, in an attempt to seduce Benoit Blanc. Mm-hmm. Which is gonna backfire because he's gay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it'd be very funny. And I see Zazie beat Zoe Kravitz as mysterious. I see John Bernthal as argumentative. I see Jason Schwartzman as annoying. I see John Cena as <laughs> John Cena. a meme. <laughs> he's the best though. I fucking love John Cena. I just want to have every five minutes a John Cena stare down. Between Benoit Blanc. Uh, but you know, like in The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, how they all yeah. have a stare down? Yeah. I want those scenes where you have Benoit Blanc staring down, John Cena that's staring down Benoit Blanc. I want to have a scene in this scenario where Benoit Blanc crushes John Cena's spirit. He tells him to like suck it up and to stop being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like I want him to do that. Um, uh, these these two casts, they're going to be made in the graphic. They're going to be posted. You're going to win? I need more actors. I'm gonna I'm gonna flesh out my list some more. I'm gonna steal John Cena from you. You can't just steal John Cena and Rachel Sennett. I had her to begin with. Yeah, but you can't just steal John Cena. I will steal Dwayne Johnson. I don't want Dwayne Rock Johnson. Take Dwayne the Rock. Why would I? Take Logan Paul. My movie's not even in the, like the jungle. I don't need him. What? What are you talking about? Dwayne The Rock Johnson Why would he be in the jungle? Because all the movies he's done It's true He's in the jungle Every movie he's in uh, I don't know You're not gonna take John, John the Cena The fact is that our You scenario, can't take John Cena from Our scenarios are so close To one another I think we should just Pitch an idea <laughs> Instead Like scenario one And scenario two Like Alright so do we come Do we come together With an ultimate cast? 100% Okay so Who do we got? So the scenario would be what? Um, I'm I'm fine with sticking with yours. Okay, I would be happy if. But you he, could build up the stakes for the murder to be well. What that, if he like merge the two? Yeah. So what that if he had to drag his students to something because the murder is just too big yep. for him to not mm-hmm. go do it? So and he's the murder drag is his, the president. Okay, so president president of the U.S. dies. Okay, Benoit Blanc has to drag his students. To the White House to solve. I it. feel like we should do something less dramatic than the president. It should be like a prime, like a minister of like defense, it's like or like okay. foreign affairs, because there's no way our students could could go like into the president's case. That's true. So let's say a foreign affairs minister dies. We have Benny Blanco, or like uh, the British, uh, um, the. Uh, you know the like each country has like a. It has to be American. No, no, but you like can't pull off any no, of these you actors. know how like, uh, <laughs> what's the name in Argo? They, they have like the mission. The is, ambassador. Yeah, yeah. So the ambassador of the like Great Britain is like killed in America, and so Benoit Blanc is dragged to like solve the case on American soil, and so he brings his students with him. All under the watch <laughs> of Jennifer Lawrence, and you bring all those people in, so you have like. Benoit Blanc would be so annoyed if Jennifer Lawrence is his boss. Yep, um, has to drag his students to America, but he has no boss. No, but it's the the internship supervisor. Okay, okay, like, okay. For the safety of the students. Yeah, she will, They're like, we ask every parent to come along to like watch their kids on the trip. No one could go, so we ask her to go, and 
he's there for that. Okay, so Great Britain ambassador dies in the U.S. Benoit Blanc has to drag his students to American spoil to solve the mystery. Um, now that he's there, um, it's an internship supervisor. Okay, so I uh, will flesh out the plot after for mm-hmm. the post, but internship supervisor is Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Um, John Cena has to be bodyguard of some sorts. Mm-hmm. The he's man, the one assigned re- to like protect the, the crime man, scene. Yeah, the no, well, he's the person who's he's got to be the person who is responsible for protecting the ambassador. <laughs> he's got he's got to be torn up about it. Yeah, but he's it. the one that's gonna like uh, show like the crime scene to Ben Blanc. He's gonna be the one that like is guiding the investigations. Okay. So, uh, so he's the American agent. Yeah. That'll piss off Benoit Blanc. Uh, John Cena. Okay, Rachel Sennett is where? One of the students. Rachel Sennett's a student? Yeah. Along with uh, Justice Smith. Because like his witty nature in Dungeons and Dragons just sold me. I was like, yeah. I want him as a student that's just like asking every single question ever. Okay, intern one, Rachel Sennett. Intern two, Justice Smith. Okay, we got Jennifer Lawrence, John Cena, Rachel Sennett, Justice Smith. Schwartzman make it? Where do you want Jason to Schwartzman? He's got to be an ass. Like suspect number one? Well, they can't be suspects. Everybody's a suspect. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be an ass. Like his, he's got to uh, be like the worst human. Snarky like his asshole. Lawyer. Like the, the victim's lawyer. <laughs> victim's uh No, because he's, he's not British. You need a great brain actor. It's tricky. Yeah, he's on American soil. Like, why would you have a British-based lawyer when you're in America? Yeah. Okay. So we'll just say, uh, let's say a law figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's what you McCall. Could be like good cop, bad cop situation. Where they're like, don't don't impede on my crime scene. Like, well, that's John detective. Cena and Benoit Blanc. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else makes this cast? How many are we? Five. Is the victim dead right away? Yeah. To nod him, since we mentioned him earlier, Henry Cavill is the victim. <laughs> no, that makes, doesn't work. You gotta be Great Britain ambassador. He is, but he could, he shouldn't be. Uh, who could be a Great Britain ambassador who dies? Think ambassador. I'm thinking, I'm thinking a little older. I'm thinking Ralph Fiennes. I'm thinking in that in that range. If we are to put Ralph Fiennes in this movie, he cannot be dead. He's too good. He's too good to be dead. Um, if anything, he should be one of those characters, like uh, the the one that Benoit Blanc has to like give his report to, like the director of the school. That he's so that like, would okay. How is the like how is the training going along? And so, he's like trying to like sell him that everything is going fine, and he knows it's Ralph Fiennes is the internship supervisor, which means Jennifer Lawrence would be somebody else. I'd rather have Jennifer Lawrence as internship supervisor. Jennifer Lawrence. Ralph Fiennes oh, could who? Be a, okay, we Ralph gotta have Fiennes somebody. Could be a second private detective. 
and they're both trying to solve the case. Now we're dealing with three three agents at the same time, though. Benoit Blanc, John Cena, and Ralph Fiennes. Then just put John Cena as like a uh, the one that supervises the crime scene. So he's a bodyguard. Yeah. Okay. Now we're dealing with a bodyguard. Now we're dealing with um, com- uh, through a second agent. Second agent who would be Ralph Fiennes. And we're dealing with... Uh, we got to find somebody who can be the wife or the husband of the Great Britain ambassador. That all depends on if the Great Britain ambassador is a boy or a girl. Then flip it and make Jennifer Lawrence the wife of the ambassador and put Ralph Fiennes as the program supervisor. Okay. And make sure that like she's in a lot of scenes. Because I know she would crush it. She would. Okay. Uh, ambassador wife is Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> okay, where are we? We have an interstitial supervisor is Ralph Fiennes. Bodyguard is John Cena. Intern number one is Rachel Sennett. Intern number two is Justice Smith. Then we have lo- a, a legal figure in Jason Schwartzman. The ambassador's wife is Jennifer Lawrence. And you need a secretary. You need a like uh, utility crew kind of guy. Secretary. That should be Margaret Qualley. Go ahead. I see Margaret Qualley there. Uh, Margaret Qualley. Like a um, groundskeeping guy, like the the individual. A groundskeeper? Like, yeah. Hmm. A groundskeeper, because of course. Uh, I, I know, I just need to find his name. Uh... He's in the Grand Budapest. Uh, no, he's not in the Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm sorry. It's uh, uh, what's the name of the four short movies that Wes Anderson did? Like, uh, talk about Dev Patel. Yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah, Dev Patel could be the groundsman. I don't know about that one. Why not? I don't know about that one. Why not? I just I don't know about it. That's why <laughs> I don't know if I would put him. Yeah, but groundskeeper. I'm not talking like I'm talking specifically like making sure everything is turned around. Yeah, yeah, I know. Where would you put it? If I, think you it want be, I think it should be old man. Oh, you want an old man? Yeah. Okay, you went completely like. I just wanted some someone discreet. I think. But if you want an old guy, I think it should be William H Macy. <laughs> he's he's Donnie Smith in Magnolia. Yeah, I know. I think like, it, I think it should be William H Macy. <laughs> I fucking love William H Macy. I just want to slap his face every single. No, time he's so him. good. <laughs> He's so good. He's the definition of fast the pet. No, oh, he's so he's so good. Um, one, two. It's fine. You can put it on. I don't know. If not, who? You want an old dude? Yeah. If you not, want Paul Giamat. Paul Giamat. Oh yeah. Okay, Paul Giamatti. Okay, that's a good cast, and it's nothing that we had initially. <laughs> um. So essentially, we've crafted the perfect Knives Out story, and uh, we're submitting it to be the next one. We have the cast stars Ralph Fiennes, John Cena, Rachel Sennett, Justice Smith, Jason Schwartzman, Margaret Qualley, Paul Giamatti, Jennifer Lawrence. We're fucking ready to go. Sign us up. Um, That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you very much for watching the Cinecloud podcast. This was week 19. Fucking 19 straight weeks. Next week, it'll be 20. Damn, man knows how to count. 
Fucking surprise. <laughs> Crazy. Next week, 21. Oh, no shit. <laughs> uh, week after next week, 21, actually. And the anyway. week after, after next week, 22. No. I swear to God. Fucking bullshit. I swear to God. Impossible. If it lands on April Fool's, it might be a joke. So it is a joke. It is a joke. It is. Tis. We're not making it. It is. A, it is not. That We're going to have to restart. Episode one all over again. <laughs> Next Why week. Not? I'm what, kidding. Episode one version two. Episode one. Uh, episode one point. Two point zero one. This is such a us thing to do. <laughs> it is. Recycle. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for listening to Cinecloud Podcast. Share with your friends or don't. Uh, it's no difference. As long as you listen, we're, th- we're happy. Uh, thank you very much. Who else would um, you add on our cast? Or who else would you replace with? Good question. Good question. We're going to share the graphic. Feel free to comment on it. Tell us what you would do differently. Tell us if our plot actually makes sense. I think it does. Me too. I think we made the movie of the year. Yeah. I'd love to go watch that movie. I would. Anyway, would you? That's a good question, right? Um, Let us know. Did you think Argyle was stupid or was it enjoyable? If you thought it was enjoyable, um, how much drugs did you take before watching it? Uh, If you did take drugs... Um, Share the dose. Don't do no no. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, unless it's to watch Argyle. And unless it's legal in your country. Unless it's legal where you live. Um, that's it now. Pretty much. All right then. We'll talk to you later then. You're sure about that? Oh yeah. Because if the week after next week after next week is not the actual thing. No, we're talking. We'll talk to them next week. I promise. Bye. This is such a waste of time. (laughs) I'm done. Wait, you're still here.